Welcome to Rice is Rice, a podcast about the British East Asian perspective and all things Asian and not. I'm Jem. I'm Akina. I'm Connor. And I'm Melissa. And I love karaoke. <laughs> that love was it. beautiful. I love it. Amazing. That Thank was you. so good. Good start. <laughs> Should we get you to sing our theme song? We need a theme oh, yeah, song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Make one up for us. Go. <laughs> Action. Rice is rice. I actually really like that. That was really good. But the melody, kind of like it makes it sound like a radio show. Yeah, it does. It's like be excited to listen. I love it. Yeah, I love anything musical. I'm just like, yeah, thank you. But yes, I agree. I love karaoke too. Yeah, I think that even if you don't, I hate karaoke so much. Ugh, get out. That's a very non-Asian. <laughs> not it's like very non-Asian. I can't dissolve But everything. maybe you haven't experienced good karaoke yet. Well, also, I can't Like, really you need to be with the right well. people. Well, that's true. Beauty true. Karaoke. That's important. You don't need to be good at singing. Exactly. exactly. Excuse me, Gem. I've heard loads of stories of you ruining Ashton and Keena's karaoke. Because you just sing good. And then I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, but Pass. it's still enjoyable. Like, you still enjoy it. I still enjoy it. We're, but I'm still spying. like, Gem, why do you have to be so good? <laughs> It's so fun. I love it. It's like every Filipino house always has like magic mic. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. So good. Not the for the audience, not the film. Not the oh, not the yeah. show magic mic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't all start stripping. <laughs> well wow. Oh my god. Um no, it's a it's a karaoke. It's thing. a karaoke it's like set. A, it's a mic. Yeah. It's yeah, literally yeah. just a the mic. The new phone. ones have the mic built in. Not the mic, the speaker built into the mic now. Because we got one from my grandma. You guys oh, so you don't this? have to plug it into have a speaker. You guys speaker. Not seen this? It's like a mic, but then it has like a box. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, I have yeah, one. Yeah, I got yeah, one for my yeah, birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can just um, connect to YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And then you can plug in the like, USB yeah, to it yeah, and everything. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it doesn't score you, so it's always more fun when it's True. like the full thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always like, more fun when you want to win. That's what you're saying. I've always wondered. I've always wondered how they gauge how good you're singing. I think it just have to be loud. Yeah, and scream. I remember sing so was like that. Yeah. Yeah. Today our guest is Melissa. She she was also one of the actors for our recent short film As You Know Me. You acted alongside our first guest, um Erica, and you played the Tita, the mm-hmm. auntie in in our film. Um, so how are you today? I'm good. Um, feeling a little bit under the weather mm-hmm. because of the weather. Yeah. <laughs> um, the seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. I genuinely miss the sun. Yeah. Um, but I'm all right. Um, enjoying. Malame. Sorry. Malame. I okay, <laughs> on editing so much. Hey! <laughs> Someone's learning Tagalog. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're and, excited um, to have you. Yeah, and you just crave for some Asian company when yeah. when you're, you know, <laughs> in a foreign place. But yeah, I'm. I'm really excited and happy. So Melissa, you have more of a theater background, mm-hmm. um, and it'd be really good to talk a lot about that because we were talking about this earlier, but I really don't know a lot about theater and you guys said that you don't either. I mean, we only just started 
watching theater shows recently mm-hmm. because a friend of us works in a theater and can get us free tickets yeah, to yeah. things like um, Come From Away, which was amazing. Mm. But I really don't know that much about the industry and the process of trying to get into mm-hmm. theater as an actor or as like a behind the scenes type person. Mm. Um, and you just graduated. Yeah, I just graduated from Mountain View. Um, I took a one year MA course in musical theater. Mm. Um, yeah, and it was it was an intensive course because usually um, they ha- they do three year courses, BA courses, and for the MAs they try to put everything like the three the three year curriculum into one year. Yeah. It was quite an intensive um, curriculum for for the MAs, but usually they get um, people who already had previous training in whatever field um, or past experiences in in performance yeah and so most of the students in the ma course had some some kind, some kind of um experience before whether if it's you know it's theater or like music for example i i didn't do theater back home i didn't train in theater mm-hmm. um so i took a five-year classical music degree really? in, oh, really? in manila um, and I've been singing classical since high school. I went to the Philippine High School for the Arts, oh, and wow. it was, it was more. I was more inclined to the music yeah. side of, of of the arts of performance. Um, but I, I kind of knew that theater is something that I've always wanted to do, but theater isn't a big thing in the Philippines. Yeah, and, it well, arts yeah. in general, really. Um, which is sad mm. because I do think that there are so many talented Filipinos. There's a lot yeah. of talent, yeah. Mm. And you don't really get much support from from the government, and unless you know you you have the resources to attend lessons or yeah. workshops, you won't. You're not really exposed to to performing and to to arts in general. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I was quite lucky that I was able to get into um, the Philippine High School for the Arts, and that was. Um, the start of of the creative journey yeah yeah um, but it was more more on singing and and learning the the technical side of of yeah. music mm-hmm. so, well that was what I was actually curious about so um how did you get into it like way at the beginning were your family kind of pushing you to get into the arts or like how did they feel about it how how did it, the whole process start of you wanting mm. to go into singing and classical yeah. musical um well Filipinos, I think it's just na- they're we're just um, naturally um, musically inclined, or yeah, art, yeah. arts, music is just part of of culture and of every household. Yeah, and um, yeah, my my parents, well, my dad's side, all of them loves love singing. So I was exposed to a lot of music and a lot of singing and karaoke growing up. Of course. Up. Yeah. Um, so, which was which was nice. And um, they would always tell me that um, doing karaoke helped me learn how to read fast. Because, um, you know... <laughs> I can it, see it, that. Yeah, yeah it, it trained me to, you know, um, be on rhythm and not, you know, just just to practice my reading, yeah. I guess. And, um, and... Maybe they they saw the interest. Um, so were they supportive towards you going 
before the arts that was like yeah um, they were um, my parents were the ones who enrolled me um, oh wow. wow in singing lessons like um when i was six years old oh wow um, and i didn't really like wanted to do it before because obviously like when you were a kid you don't want to really, play yeah you just want to play yeah. and, you know you'll be in a can kind of a, a school setting again and meeting new people is a bit stressful yeah but yeah, I'm glad they did that. And it was a really good experience. And um, I remember singing My Heart Will Go On as my first public that's, that song. Yeah, that song is just like classic. Like uh, I, you said that and I was like, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Just like you have to. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and I guess it's just, you know, every six-year-old Filipina would sing that yeah. song. Yeah. yeah. Or Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. Yeah, Houston. Yeah. Whitney Houston. Yeah. 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 What's that um, one that Filipinos always sing with X Factor? Um, the the Jenna, Hudson, Jenna Hudson song from Dreamgirls? Listen. No. No. Ah, uh, no. That's Beyonce. Ah. Uh, now I'm telling you. Yeah. 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 Every X Factor audition that's Filipinos, they always sing that song, I swear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's because to. it's the whole, like, you know, like the whole beat it. Vibe. Yeah. You have to like. Well, I don't know what the translation would be in English, but it's like all these uh, Whitney Houston, Celine Dion, soul singers that comes from like inside your chest. Yeah, belt. Yeah, belting. belting. Yeah, that's a huge. Yeah, uh, it, is, it became became like synonymous to yeah. Filipino singers. Yeah, but yeah, I I'm not a belter. Your voice is different though. Yeah, I don't really belt. Which Every is... time you sing now, it's really comforting thank you <laughs> yeah, i guess it's because of the the training i used to belt before my classical training because that was you know the music that i listened to and that's how was, we learn yeah to sing. i guess everyone's I like the more powerful you can go yeah. into it like mm. even if it's not technically correct yeah it's just like a whole whose voice is louder whose voice is more exactly. powerful yeah. exactly yeah. and the culture and your environment is a big factor mm -hmm. on on how you develop yeah, yeah yeah um yeah and it's i guess it's just innate um for filipinos i mean i'm generalizing but you know i i generally think everyone can sing yeah but it's just, it's more of your ears if you know if you got used to training it so you're you sing more in tune than yeah. others but if you're not exposed to it as much some you know, some people find it more difficult. But... I feel like I'm so tone deaf. <laughs> yeah, I, like... I, I can't sing like. Shit. I think you you can sing. Yeah, like I, I, I just haven't practiced the... like my ear, as yeah, you said. Yeah, I I think it's more of an ear thing than like, a voice thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So you yeah. think anyone can be good at singing? I I believe that. Um. I swear it was you who said to me. It was you, wasn't it? We had this conversation about um. Ansel Elgort, I think, and you were saying to me that you think that anyone can sing if they're vocally trained. That you ah. think that with his voice, like he doesn't sound like he like like he's, he's naturally he's naturally good at singing. Okay. He sounds mm. like he's been trained mm. and he can sing because of the training. It was yeah. I'm sure it was you. It was me. <laughs> I'm sure it was you. That's like should we just I don't think I like should sing. we make some like money <laughs> and put you in singing <laughs> lessons and experiment see what they can. Okay, say. you pay for my singing lessons. Then. <laughs> <laughs> it can be a joint effort. Collaboration. <laughs> you don't think you can sing either? 
I think you all. can. I think you, you have can. a really, really low voice. Sample, really cool. sample, <laughs> sample. I'm not good shit. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that? What's that singer that you really like? The soul singer, really deep voice. There's a lot of soul singers with deep yeah. voices. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Take that back. But maybe you could do sort of that kind of style, like your voice. Bill Withers. Bill Withers. The Bill Withers you're talking mm. about. Yeah. Apple. Who who else has a low voice? Like, um, I don't know. Maybe They're we'll really take singing before. lessons together. I'm not taking those singing lessons. <laughs> oh, and then in your wedding, you can perform like no, a duet. Yes, that is not happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay, back back to back to you. Um, so you took singing lessons as a child, and yeah. your parents were quite supportive of that. Yeah, that's really amazing. Supportive. We find it quite surprising. Yeah, because we literally spoke about this in last. The last it was Erica who said like, "Oh, it, Filipino parents with like parties." Oh, go sing, go sing, but only do it for and our entertainment. Don't mm. do it as a career. As a career, mm. yeah. Um, so it's surprising and like really refreshing to hear that your parents mm. were supportive. Were, did they have a, a background in the arts or anything themselves? No, no. Um, I never really had a relative who pursued the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, during when I was young, I guess you know I never thought about having it as a career. Mm. I just knew, and I feel like they knew that I was. I, I enjoy singing, yeah. And um, you know, I I in school as well. I it's not only my interest. Um, and I I think you know, stu- I really loved studying. So it was no <laughs> so one. You were really, a geek like me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, it's just when you asked me what my favorite book was when I was young, I would always say reference books. I because oh, really? I I genuinely enjoyed just reading um, like academic fat. stuff, yeah, like learning learning things, stuff yeah. and. I would be really strict with myself in terms of, okay, I won't watch TV, Lizzie McGuire and That's So Raven yeah. until I finish my homework. And wow. I will only allow myself to watch. Such a role model. Yeah. But it's, You're I my parents' dream child. enjoyed <laughs> it. And um, yeah, and singing was a part of, um, of the things that I generally enjoyed as a kid. Yeah. But I never really... Um, saw that as something that I would pursue. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I always wanted to be a teacher, and oh, okay. um, I would. I always wanted to be um, a tour guide in Egypt as well. Egypt. Wow. Egypt. Was, ancient Egypt was a um, a really big interest when I was yeah. growing up. Um, but yeah, and then when I was in grade seven, um, when we were um, discussing if I should continue my high school in in the school that I went to mm-hmm. in my. Um, primary which was like an ordinary like yeah um school or if they would if we would look for another high school and um, my music teacher told me about the philippine high school for the arts because she she kind of saw that you know um i i really enjoyed music and i i do well in music um and she said that she auditioned for that school before but she didn't get in but she knows the school and it's you know, it's four years and you're a scholar and, you know, it's, yeah, it's kind of fame, yeah. um, you know, the fame movie. Yeah. And you, you have. Wow, that that sounds so exciting. Cool. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's such an experience. So because of her, I looked into the school and prepared for it. I had no, but, it, but she said that if you would go for that, it should be classical singing because they don't have contemporary or musical theater. Oh, I see. And I was. I was not exposed in classical music. I, don't, I had no clue what classical singing is, what yeah. opera is. And um, so we're like, okay, let's just try. And I had, I went for lessons and studied 
classical yeah. and prepared for the audition. And I remember... What did you audition with? Um, so I had to prepare an Italian art song and wow. a Filipino art song. Oh. So What's a Filipino art song? Um, we call it Kundiman. Um, okay. And I'm pretty sure you know um, Ugo Nanduyan. Uh, no, I don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> you I feel not, really bad. No, like, no, no, I don't know. That. Not Remember, we grew up here. Yeah. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Is um, it like Bahai Kobo? <laughs> <laughs> it's a folk song, but some folk songs are arranged into more of um, an art song type of arrangement for classical singing. Yeah, and um, they do ha- some some. They, I think they have like Bahai Kubo variations or something, mm-hmm. and they would um, <laughs> arrange it into in in a form in an art song form. Yeah. Um. But we, I had to prepare. Um. Yeah. One Italian and one one. Tag- not tag- not necessarily Tagalog, but a Filipino um, art song, which I had no clue like what they were and and um, how old were that yeah um, when you were thirteen twelve thirteen yeah. uh, when I had my my lessons and um, during the audition I remember my the, the 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 person who was auditioning me asked me to sing Lupang Hinirang the national yeah, anthem yeah. and um, I remember breaking my voice. Uh, oh. and like it's just I don't know how to say it in English piok and it's just like, like it a break like a crack yeah. um, and then I wasn't expecting to get in at all because I just sucked yeah. <laughs> it was just so bad even I wouldn't give, offer me a place and y- during the audition you would hear like people who really had you know like you knew that they had training and yeah. who prepared for, for this and yeah, so I was really shocked when I when I got the letter and Amazing. saw the results, and and yeah, and I didn't know how to read notes and and had no clue at all. But yeah, it was it was such a good um, experience and training ground. Yeah, and did they do like normal lessons as well as like yeah. proper high school, but then a big focus on the arts? Yeah, so it's kind of half half. Half of the day mm-hmm. you do art, so. There are di- different majors, art yeah. fields. So we have dancers and theater mm-hmm. people and creative writers, visual artists, and musicians. So properly like the famous wow. Yeah. Doesn't it's, it sound, it's, so like, cool. it's like Brit school here, isn't it? It's like Brit, it's yeah. like Brit, it's the Brit birds school, and yeah. all those type of stuff. Yeah. That kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know anything about this school until our um, sound tech assistant for the film messaged me while I was on set for another film. Mm-hmm. Um I, I guess she was, she, I don't know how she found out. She must have looked into you. What's the school called? Philippine High School for the it, Arts that's in Makiling. Makiling. Where's so Makiling? She, she messaged me that saying like, I didn't know Melissa went to Makiling. Makiling, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> and she was so amazed because I guess she knew what it is. Mm. Um, and she explained it to me and I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> is, it yeah. like, is it like Juilliard, basically, the equivalent? She was just very it. impressed. Yeah. And then she mm. brought it up when we yeah. went to see your show mm. so um yeah yeah it's a shame because not even if it's the only art school in the philippines i mean wow. for 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 high school students yeah. um but it's it's not very well known um which is a shame because it's a good opportunity for people who don't have access to the arts yeah to, I was say. to audition and have that training is um, it well funded the school well, they're you know, it's funded. Um, it would 
be amazing if they get more budget. Yeah. Because I I knew I know before they had like international relations and you know they would have exchange, but during our time it wasn't really a big thing. Yeah. Um and um it was we we it was a boarding school. So um we lived in the mountains in, in Mount Makiling. That's why it's known Ma- Where is as Makiling. Um Los Baños Laguna. Oh yeah. Oh it's really? near UP Los Baños. Oh, that's kind of near ish where my dad's from, I think. Yeah. So it's literally on top of a mountain, which is amazing. And and you boarded there. Yeah, yeah. And that sounds even cooler. It's, <laughs> it's really cool. It's, yeah. it's real. It's a dream. I just man. imagine it as like a like one of those like, like a TV show. Yeah, it sounds like um like you know the X Men house like in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. But this is specifically for the arts. Like it's so cool. Yeah, it's it's yeah it's surreal being there, and you just had. The time and space yeah. and resources to just and work on your craft and the support. Yeah, I guess. And um, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it is a bit stressful for for young people to yeah. have that. I mean, there isn't really much much pressure, but if you're in an environment wherein everyone everyone is, is competition good, yeah. and you just can't help but just push yourself to be yeah, like better and, and especially kind of build um you know goals for yourself like okay after high school what do i want to do because you you read about um previous alumni who um went abroad and and you know pursued a career in in the arts and they're successful and stuff like that and there is that pressure when that when if you're a graduate from akiling you have to be this and you have to end up somewhere yeah Yeah. Um, interesting um, you mentioned that you were a scholar. Is everyone there a scholar? Mm, yeah. So does that mean that they get, um, you guys don't have to pay any tuition fees or is yeah. it the fully like yeah, no, so tuition? That's no so tuition? Um So it's, would that, did, do you think that added a lot of pressure because like obviously you was a scholar, like mom always mentioned because um, she had a scholarship from, like for college I think it was and mm-hmm. she felt like it was a lot of pressure mm-hmm. because obviously you have, to, you have to keep show up, that you deserve that you it. Deserve yeah, yeah. Debt, so yeah you definitely have to maintain a grade. Um, I don't remember the the percentage um, of the the grades that you want you have to maintain, but um, it's a year yearly contract. So oh. um, a- after the year, you get assessed. And oh my gosh, you, um, that's so much pressure. Oh. It, it, yeah, it's and especially if you're 13 years old, 14, ah. it's a bit too much to think about because you're balancing academics as well as mm. your your major mm. and um yeah and if you don't get to if you have you know grades if you fail classes or if you don't reach the um the the standard yeah. you you get kicked out yeah um, oh my god Shit. yeah <laughs> oh that's they, kind of stressful. i think that must have been it's high stressful. stakes yeah mm, yeah yeah I mean, it is it's still it's still fun, and yeah. you know, the fact that you're you're doing what you're passionate about mm. is is amazing, and it's it's really you just play around as well. But also, you have to think about okay, I'm being assessed and I'm being graded in this and this class, and and you know, some people think that it's just if you're a music major, you just sing all day, but <laughs> you know, people don't know that you you we also have music theory and yeah. we also have dictation and composition and chamber classes and all those stuff that you know that but obviously you can't blame other people that they're not aware yeah i'm one of those people like i don't know what other things you'd have to study Mm. on the side yeah but it yeah there's so many so many branches that 
that um that you have to i guess learn as well for you to be able to like t- technical like yeah. technique wise for you to be able to you know um perform yeah and yeah i guess that's the thing with um arts in general i find that people who aren't in the arts and don't know much about the arts they just think oh well that's just an easy option mm. like you're going you're like studying art like that is come on like that's not really like i i've literally been told by people like why would you study that that's like um not even a real degree yeah it's a waste of money it's a waste of money and whatever and i think they have there's this kind of image people that image that people have about the arts being it's just one thing like you paint or you sing or Mm -hmm. you i don't know like whatever like you dance and that's it but they don't see the layers in which like to be able to actually be good at the craft you have to learn about so many different things yeah my dad's barber right he had a customer once like a must be his age like an indian guy Mm. and he was going like oh yeah my son is at uni right now he's doing like economics or whatever it's like oh do you have you have a son right simon so yeah yeah yeah, he's in uni too so oh what's he doing he's like oh he's studying film he's like easy (laughs) yeah (laughs) my dad dad was just laughing like he was just like and it was just like laughing. He so shaved his hair off. Just <laughs> right down the middle. You want to say that again? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. there is that preconception that mm. it it's almost like pure talent. Like you you do film, you just make a film. Yeah. You're exactly. You <laughs> go into music, you just sing because you're talented. But mm. there's so much training to get to be good. Exactly. And I, I do think training is a huge factor mm. um, in, in, in pursuing... Uh, a career in the arts and mm-hmm. you know obviously there are you know special cases wherein <coughs> there there's just a prodigy and yeah. you know yeah. Um, oh, and, yeah or someone <laughs> will just get lucky and get that exposure and make make it to the you know like have that break yeah yeah um early on but it's not the case for many yeah right? exactly and yeah it's it's sad that you know people don't take it seriously enough and yeah even even in in college like if people would ask me uh what course are you taking and i would say music and they would ask why music yeah and you would you just want to say why not music right because right uh, yeah it's if it's if it was another another course you wouldn't ask that right it's Mm. not it's not the same degree of like respectability is like studying medicine which yeah. is hugely respectable of yeah, course i'm yeah. not saying that it's not but the because i'm saying this because my brother listened to our previous podcast about creative careers mm. and he told me uh-huh. why don't you talk to a nurse for your next one and talk about how their career prog- progression was and i said to him well the point of that episode was that it's an alternative career that not a lot of people would Our want back. to take into or know a lot mm-hmm. about or as we're saying like there's so many like preconceived notions that it, it, it's not a serious thing to try and yeah. pursue and that's the point in talking about it yeah. like why mm-hmm. am i going to talk about something like nursing which is as as difficult and yeah. as respectable as it is we know that mm, it's difficult yeah. and it's respectable yeah, yeah exactly. we don't know that like the arts can be mm. the same yeah and also i think when it comes to the arts there isn't any fixed game plan Mm -hmm. that you can follow Mm -hmm. um to quote unquote make it or you know to have to pursue a career in it because it's 
literally like a case-to-case basis and it, you know one one game plan would not work for the same person yeah. for another person um unlike other careers wherein you know you kind of know what steps to take exactly, for you to yeah. be able to pursue a career in that particular field and it's part of the nature of the job i mean even if obviously who you know who wants to juggle three jobs right. to to um to be able to pursue your creative dream or your creative career and i think people who decide to pursue it we we just know that it's just part of the nature of yeah of pursuing a career in the arts which is you know it is sad because you know there's so many unpaid jobs for, for especially i mean at least for actors paid by just exposure and, yeah exposure yeah. and i mean even even back home when people would ask yeah, for example, asked me to, oh, we have an event. Um, would you want to sing for us? And I said, yeah, okay, this is my rate. And then they would, oh, uh, we don't have budget for that and stuff like that. And <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Imagine if you asked like a teacher to come work in that, just yeah. teach a class. Yeah, they ask, okay, what are you going to pay me? And they said, oh, we don't really have a budget because you just come and do it anyway. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, that's so Because silly. it's like something like singing. It's like, mm. oh, it's fine. They'll want to do it anyway. It's just singing. Like, I think that's the mentality behind yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Especially, I think, again, like back home in Philippines, I think mm. because it isn't a traditional route yeah. um, or a traditional career, people don't look at it in the same level of respect yeah. unless you're like the celebrity mm. already and then people literally bow at your knees and do everything yeah. for yeah. you really the extremes yeah it's, it's yeah. huge extremes there's such a disparity between the two like yeah um i think people really praise those who do become famous through the singing competitions but people who choose to actually study it and really like really really do it mm. um they're just not looked at in the same way yeah. at all. so how did you respond to them saying we don't really uh, have well, yeah. um yeah and i just said well this is my rate and then <laughs> i i can't I, I didn't take it that's because you. it's it's time and yeah it's i lose money yeah and it's just you're tired as well exactly. like it's a lot of effort i, think. I mean Imagine there, being the, asked to work for free exactly i mean the, i feel like there will be a, a phase in your life wherein you know i don't I don't I'm not saying that all unpaid work is bad. Yeah. I I feel like there you know there are some opportunities that are worth taking and it would you know it can open doors for you. Network and and, and I've done a lot of unpaid stuff. Um but also like things like that well, especially when you get those invitations from people and they know that you you trained and you know you you paid for for a degree and you do this is your profession and i just feel like it's a bit disrespectful as yeah. well because you know it's it this is my job and i'm sure. it's yeah and you can't and also it was it's kind of sad as well that even i um find it difficult to discuss rates mm. yeah I, so do i i'm really bad at like if something's too low, I'm really bad. I'm like, mm, can we put it? Well, asking you mean asking for a rate? Yeah, because yeah. it feels like you should just be grateful to. Like, yeah, because I, yeah. I feel like I'm just gonna lose it if I ask for anything. Because like it's so easy for them to be like, okay, well, there's. But then it's so easy for them to exploit you. Yeah, no, yeah. just like catch twenty two is really. It's 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 a vicious cycle, really. Yeah. Um, because I feel like, 
as long as there's there are people who will say yes to unpaid work there would be people companies and you to yeah do and you can't work. really blame people who get unpaid work because you know obviously you're hungry for experience and if, if you're in that point of point of your life wherein you just want to get in there and meet people and network and yeah. get into the rooms you would do it yeah and it's i guess it's also it's a it's a part of it it's part of the you know the the journey but yeah it's yeah is that person who asked you um to do that job was it someone that you knew like personally or was it like literally like a, a random company or whatever it was um a f we had a common friend oh. so i worked on a play with this person who he's in contact with and i guess he saw the that person saw my facebook profile mm. and i can't i do a lot of self-promotion online yeah, that, that's how i found you for this film i was <laughs> desperately trying to contact your school because mm. that's the only email that i saw in your spotlight yeah, profile. yeah, yeah. But no one was replying to me. I was getting close to our deadline to securing a cast. Mm. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care if it's unprofessional. Yeah. I'm going to message her on like Facebook. Because yeah. I found you on Facebook. We have a mutual friend on there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Someone I met through a theater show. Oh, small okay. one. Um, he's also Filipino. But yeah, I was messaging you. And I. it was like the day before the audition. Yeah. They replied. I pretty much like thought that okay we're not gonna have a tita baby then <laughs> yeah um but yeah do you get a lot of people messaging you through social media for work because i thought it was quite unprofessional for me but i was like all right we need to get in contact with her somehow um i guess in the philippines because the agent culture mm -hmm. is not really a thing for theater performers um or just a big thing here. Um, you kind of do a lot of self-promotion and I found a lot of work through social media. Right. And I feel like, yeah, if you don't really, if you're not under an agency or if you don't have a manager, you won't really get jobs yeah. unless you self-promote. Yeah. And people are not, you know, they, they're not aware of what you can do and what you can offer if you don't really show them yeah. and i think it can social media could be a powerful oh tool 100%. um to you know to self-promote and get jobs and um you know and use it as a platform to to share your creative output mm -hmm. um and i got a lot of students through social media as well and yeah. i set up a website and i tried to make it as professional as i can yeah. and um and yeah and i it, at first it was a bit you know i I paid for the website. I was I was losing money that I didn't really have. Yeah. But yeah, because of that, um, I was able to charge you know a decent amount for my lessons because I was able to do a, a you know an online portfolio and um, they saw my work and stuff like that and it really helped me. But I think here, um, it's not really viewed as a professional right. uh, as yeah, professional yeah, yeah, I think so. um and since because like artists in general or at least actors are treated more professionally here um there is that professional culture and mm. professional way of doing things yeah um which we don't really have back home so, so it's i think it's really it's different um 
So but, is your idea like to stay here, like to, to progress in your professional career here? Hopefully. Um, I'm working towards applying for a tier one exceptional promise visa, but it's quite a long shot because it's it's tier one. It's um, in the I have process. no idea what, what any of this means. What does that mean? Yeah. So, so it's... it's um, <laughs> So the fact it, it's um, a long term visa, uh -huh. and um, if I get that, it will allow me to work here for five years. Mm -hmm. So it's um, you kind of have have to prove to, in my case, to the um, to Arts Council England that I am um, an emerging talent from my field, and I have to give them proofs of um, my performances and reviews, and basically just um, let them know that I am a legit actor yeah and um yeah and they have to approve me first before i even go to the visa application visa, yeah. so do they act um, like as, as like a sponsor do they ish kind of, yeah because you do don't re um for the th tier one you don't need um a single a company or a production oh, that would okay. sponsor you yeah so, so it's, it's kind art, of like an artist yeah 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 to say like yeah she's they legit can endorse you. you can give her a visa. oh yeah. Really? yeah 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 okay so, we can we can give you a review now because you did the show <laughs> <laughs> you did the show bosses right mm. which is the one woman show that you did about filipino domestic workers in the uk yeah uh me and connor went to watch it with the uh, um sound tech person that did the film her name's alvina hi alvina um <laughs> Um, and I don't actually know how you reacted to it because I was talking more to Alvina about it, but we both were choking up because um, it was just quite moving, especially switching as you did between um, song and performance and, and just how you give us information, like mm. solid facts and statistics about um how this works and how how the process has changed mm. over time um and yeah I, I was sitting there i don't know if you saw me because i was sitting right in the center of the audience mm -hmm. um and i was choking up i was trying so hard not to cry mm. um because i didn't know that the situation was quite like that yeah here in this country mm. i know that it's like that in the middle east and then i know it's really bad in hong kong because mm. we've met a couple people who when we went to Hong yeah. Kong, yeah. who had their faces like bruised up and they were saying like, I sleep on the floor of my boss's bathroom. Yeah. Because um, we asked them for stories for a documentary that we wanted to work on. Yeah. Some of them were very suspicious about speaking to us, mm -hmm. asking us where this is going to go. Yeah. Um, is it going to come around and bite me? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And it was, it just felt so serious in Hong Kong and I just never applied it to the UK. Yeah. Probably because domestic workers not as <laughs> aren't big. as common yeah. mm. um, in the UK, or at least I thought so. Unless you're, really Unless you're loaded. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think it's the fact that it's hidden and most of the employers, at least like the ones um, reported, are foreign employers mm -hmm. from the gulf region oh. that that have um properties here and or decide to move here and usually like spend holidays here or they have their children studying here and they bring their and domestic they, workers and they bring their there. domestic workers um in in the uk and yeah and i i wasn't aware about the issue before starting the project and um 
um yeah so i devised the um the work um i i don't want to say i wrote it because my text it was based on facts that were already out there mm. so i didn't really wrote ro- write the 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 book of of the 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 piece but um it was more of gathering all the information and trying to format format the 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 facts in such a way that would um would give like a clear narrative of the experiences of of these women or of mm-hmm. these migrant domestic workers and um and yeah before starting the project i didn't know that it was happening here i was familiar that it was a big issue it's a big issue in hong kong and um the middle east as well because i i had a tita an auntie who was a domestic worker in saudi mm. and she was also exploited um luckily she wasn't like physically abused but um she didn't get paid well and right. um she didn't have a day off and it's sad because that um the, there are so many reports that you know people that women are getting raped and um yeah. physically abused and stuff like that and um and then usually most of these women can access support mm. from from the NRM but people who get like economic abuse you know who are aren't paid and who don't have day off uh, a day off they can't get that support because they don't fall into a criteria that you know that it's a, it's not a major exploitation mm-hmm. um so you know and sometimes they don't even report it because they fear that um if they do they would get deported mm-hmm. because their employers would threaten them that okay we will report you um to to the police and they don't want that and the most important thing for them is just to keep the job yeah so the, yeah 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 that's the bottom line yeah like, feed my kids exactly exactly and before going to to a, to get a job abroad they know about the situation they know that they could get exploited it's a matter of luck that if they get put into a family that yeah and then they're lucky but i feel like saying hearing their story saying yes to a job abroad would automatically open the doors to exploitation yeah. mm-hmm. and they're sure. just really vulnerable to that yeah and but i think it's crazy um that like you said that i think everyone knows the risk and is fully aware of the risk when they go abroad to work as a domestic worker but they are still mm. willing to do that because they like like the filipino mindset really is like i need to bring money home and yeah. to feed my family yeah and i i'm willing to do anything yeah. to do it and it's so sad mm. um but also i have so much admiration for for the women who go oh, out definitely. and do that because i think it's it's so hard to first of all move away from home and move yeah. away from your babies mm, like imagine my like, mother yeah they're all mothers and they leave their kids to be raised by their families so that they can earn that money but then they're abroad and getting abused mm. and it's just so oh, it's just it's just crazy to me but these women are so strong to be able to do that um, yeah. yeah i think that's that's like part one of of what really moved me about your mm. show the um re- getting reminded that um filipinos are so resilient oh yeah um and like they sacrifice so much like physically mentally for family because mm. it's such a big deal mm. um 
And then part two of what really moved me uh, about the show was when you were talking about the efforts in them trying to secure their workers' rights mm. and seeing the activism behind a group of uh, Filipino women um, felt so inspiring because it it's that strength to be able to say, um, yes, I am resilient and I can put up with this. And many of us have, mm. but we don't have to because we're human and we deserve the same rights as everyone else in this country and it's that fight that just made me feel so like yeah it's a chance exactly and it's there it's very hopeful Mm. you know it gives you that's the word hopeful yeah and when i was doing the piece um obviously one of the 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 purpose of it is to expose the issue and you know, it, there isn't any way of sugarcoating it. It's just, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. And it's just a horrible thing that it's, that is happening. But I don't want, I didn't want to paint these women as victims because right. they, they don't want that as well. And the fact that there are women who are initiating to, to change the system and to challenge the system, are, it's just really inspiring mm-hmm. to know. And knowing that these women came from the same um difficult situation and now they're you know in parliament and they're speaking speaking at the un yeah and they're just they're helping draft the domestic workers bill and it's just like it's so inspiring and empowering just to you know know these women and and know about their stories um so i i i really wanted to position the piece in such a way that it, they're not only seen as victims and oh poor them it's not like um he, here are these poor group of filipino yeah, women them. someone go save them yeah. Yeah. like no they'll save themselves yeah, yeah. exactly um yeah oh, man, and i really wish i could have seen this <laughs> it sounds amazing I really want to do it uh, yeah i mean i had i had it filmed um but i'm not sure if i'm gonna like post everything online because i still want to develop the piece yeah. um but yeah, it's it's really interesting, especially with the response from from these women, because I, I was so nervous when I, you know, when they told me that um, a few of them are going to attend and watch the show, because um, obviously I I want them to see themselves in the piece as, you know, as strong yeah. women. Yeah. And I just don't want to give the impression that um, I only feel sorry for them. And I, yeah, so... I just, yeah, I just hope that it lands well and, you know, it, in, in such a way that they they come out um, of the theater inspired and empowered yeah. still yeah. by by themselves. Yeah. Um, so, like, look at me go. Yeah, I, like, I am the shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so funny because um, the, the first, the second night, there was this one, one um, domestic worker who watched the show who had no clue that the show was about them. Mm. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I was surprised when I saw her pictures. And What did she uh, think it was about? I don't know. Oh. Because I talked to the the head of the organization. And um, obviously, I told them about the piece. And I asked permission if I can use some of their materials online. And when when I was doing the developing the piece in Mountain View as my thesis, I talked to a lot with the... Um, with the founder of the organization mm. but obviously i didn't know that the piece that i would do the piece outside mount view and you know 
like do it and submit it to a festival and have um like other people see it um so it was just more for research but then um, maybe they just uh, so I, I told the the organization that I can get you tickets if you would want to see the yeah. show and um, maybe they just told these women that oh we'll go to a show um th- there oh, are tickets and um if you want to it's a filipina um actor and if you want to go go we have tickets so i i don't think that all of them were aware that the piece was, was about, about them that. it must so, have been so funny to be like oh, that, that's my <laughs> story <laughs> yeah um so and yeah they they said that they they want to work with me um with the piece mm-hmm. on the piece which is nice and um but obviously like i can't really do that at the moment because i'm going back to manila um and i do want to show the work to um a filipino audience as well back yeah, home yeah. and and see how it'll land to a filipino audience yeah. because obviously i devised the piece for a foreign foreign audience yeah. here in in the uk so it would be interesting to see how they respond to an issue that is not happening in manila but involves their people fellow filipinos yeah yeah um yeah and it's exciting yeah Yeah. you're a very inspirational woman i think i'm like because i think when when we'd when we'd met when we met at um the film that akina was doing um Mm. i didn't get to talk to you very much and i'd I'd heard like all the stuff about you from akina i was like oh she sounds amazing like it's been really nice actually hear your experience because like you're a very interesting person i'm loving this oh, <laughs> i'm so like much. i'm really enjoying this conversation <laughs> like, i really want to see this play now mm-hmm. so like if you do decide to like put it on put again. it on again or you're developing it further I'd, like I'd, oh my god i'd love to watch oh yeah i would i would want to develop it yeah. and and continue doing it just for the purpose of you know um for conversation and yeah. exposing exposing the issue and there isn't a lot of writing in theater that talks about a filipino experience yeah and you know we, we're quite i think the industry is kind of opening up to diversity and you know um trying to widen their their casting mm-hmm. in terms of of race and gender mm-hmm. which is amazing asians are not just going to be in miss saigon so. oh my gosh it's funny because um um i had i had an audition in late october for miss saigon vienna and it was a dance call first which is quite um weird for me because i'm not a you know i'm not a strong dancer yeah and um <laughs> and my agent knows that and i don't know why he put me up to a dance call and um all my previous saigon auditions before were all singing calls yeah and um i know that they have separate auditions for singers who can dance and dancers who can sing yeah and I, I wasn't sure what I was doing in that call because um, <laughs> I ain't a dancer. <laughs> um, and then, so obviously I got cut. Yeah. Um, and then I told um, one of my advisors in Mountain View, um, who, who's a big feminist and, you know, um, who kind of helped me develop the work when I was um, doing it in Mountain View. And I told her, oh, oh Cheryl, um, I had an audition for Saigon, but I didn't get it. I got cut. And she's like, well, you know, um, you wouldn't want to be an Asian stripper anyway, so I think it's a good thing. <laughs> I said, yeah, I agree. And yeah, the fact that there are more roles opening up for 
for actors of color is yeah. it's amazing but also there isn't anything about Philippine like a Filipino experience yet yeah. I mean you know there were attempts and you know there i think there are initiatives yeah. um, in terms of trying to forward more materials in uh, more materials about um filipinos and the filipino experience but you know it's not a common thing and even like quite nuanced um asian experiences like if you're not just filipino mm-hmm. as we're trying to do this podcast mm-hmm. if you have an experience that is split culturally mm-hmm between british or or what american asian um that'd be really interesting to see if their dirt goes towards creating roles like that or or supporting roles like that yeah yeah that'd definitely be cool to watch convenience status theater kim's convenience i forgot that was theater do you know about kim's convenience no so good it's a it's like a canadian yeah canadian Canadian. is it a sitcom? It was a yeah, sitcom. Like yeah. A, it's a sitcom, yeah. but it started out as a theater. So piece. set in a comedy piece, like convenience store yeah. run by Korean immigrant, like Korean. parents are Korean immigrants. They moved to Canada, mm. and their kids born in Canada. And just like the relationship, because their son is like um, estranged and like was in ju- was in juvie. Yeah, the family like, dynamic. He's like yeah. the black sheep family and this yes family dynamic and, just, and then the daughter's in the art yeah she's, uh, the, she's right. a photographer like oh it's so yeah, good that started off as like oh, a yeah, like a short play that. run now yeah. it's like a four and then i think people watched it show. and oh, loved yeah. it and then they made it into like a tv series with the same guy who, all the, yeah all the actors are the, the same actors, except yeah. for the main girl. except for jung yeah. he oh, no, the creator jung. played jung in the theater oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. and then they cast simu as like jung in the thing it's, it's really but definitely look out for yeah. that. That's, that's it's on Netflix. It's oh, really okay. good. Yeah. yeah, I'll check it out. I remember watching it and being really happy. Like even though this is exactly like my background, I still mm. felt like I could really relate yeah. to the yeah. characters. I, I prefer it to Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, yeah. but I don't watch. You know, yeah. I prefer it to Fresh Off the Boat, even though Fresh Off the Boat is more. I think like my. I watch that. My background. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great. Mm. Fresh Off the Boat mm. is great, but I think uh, Kim's convenience that Fresh Off the Boat is like a family sitcom. Yeah, I think that's probably why it's a bit it. more nuanced, a bit more story. drama. To yeah, it. it's, yeah, it's a lot mm-hmm. more drama to it. Um, it's basically some points it gets like full on K drama. At some points in the show, like it's mm. quite funny. So, yeah. but you're very cool. Oh my gosh, she's so I've cool. I've never been called cool my entire I life. I just stay and be my friend. <laughs> like, hi, I'm Jen. Let's be best friends kind of thing. <laughs> but oh, I, like, I've be worked with you before, but now having this conversation with you and getting, like... We had a lot of conversations during the making of that film, during yeah. rehearsals, which I found amazing, like, to be able to sit down and talk to Filipinos about Filipino issues yeah. and Filipino family dynamics, just mm. so we can kind of, like, get a grasp yeah. on these characters. That was so refreshing. And I got a bit of I got some sense of who you are there, but <laughs> I think this conversation is really diving deeper in, into mm. your past and your views on things. Mm-hmm. And you're just really cool. Yeah, I kind of yeah. want you to be my ate. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. I'm very empowering. And it's really nice to see because I think um, what I've always struggled with um, is I think Filipino women aren't as empowered, really. I think Filipino women from mm. Philippines, I don't find anyway. Um, I find that like it's Filipino women who might have grown up here in England like us who kind of have got the westernized view on 
um life that i think that's the only time i started becoming empowered when i started adopting mm. that more but it's nice like you've grown up in philippines um and you've just you're just such an individual that you haven't played into what a filipino woman should do mm. and should act like or anything and and oh my god i just oh my god <laughs> although do you think those um those ideas of how a filipino woman should be have changed because obviously we we know our moms and uh, and our titas who are of a generation that's much older mm. i don't actually know what it's like to be a filipino woman my age mm. in philippines now mm. has like their expectations change or has it remained kind of the same do you think um it's i feel like it's more of a generation thing yeah um at the moment and you know being and i wasn't really i think i wasn't aware of of that when i was back home mm. and i didn't you know i i i wasn't a big um big person of of feminism and i yeah. wasn't really i was just focused on okay i want to sing i want to do this and that but it was definitely my training here and and traveling and being exposed to to different cultures and meeting people and taking that one year course um opened up to a lot of 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 things and um and especially um about um issues on gender mm -hmm. and um and I do think that there is an in inherent inferiority mm. when you're a person of color, mm -hmm. um, like coming from from the Philippines. Um, in my case, and being being in an environment of of um, of being like with mostly white British, mostly, yeah, and Euro even if, white European, even yeah, yeah. Um, and even even like for me coming from, I feel like I uh, I mean I am I came from a privileged you know like um place and um you know i we were i'm not rich but my my parents um strive to give me yeah comfortable to, yeah to um to give me the things that i need and that i want as well and the fact that i was able to do an ma here is such a big thing mm. and and um but during the start of the course i i felt like i i was so scared to you know um offer ideas and and speak up yeah and even participate in conversations because i felt really intimidated yeah because i felt like i didn't have anything to offer because i am filipina because you're you're different yeah. from the yeah. majority yeah and it's just that sense of belonging and the, the idea that your voice does matter mm. in this group setting yeah it's so different when you're like a person of color yeah, a minority yeah. in that situation yeah and um, especially back home when you um get visitors from from foreigners you know you people just look highly of yeah of of them which is you know it's 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 the culture um but it's just sad that even even me like i i felt really scared and intimidated just because I am a person of color and and you know like having that education and I I knew that I shouldn't feel like that but why am I feeling mm -hmm. like this and you know it, it took a while I guess it 
you know, for me to adjust and be comfortable. Um, but it was also the, with the help of 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 one of my mentors in in Mountain View that talked a lot about um, um, feminism and um, you know gender dynamics and and I think um, when we had our first um, feedback session after the first ter first term, she she was like, um, so what you need to work on next term is. <laughs> you have to stop saying sorry all the time and stop being apologetic. And every time I voice. hear you say sorry, you have to give me a pound. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I think there was a big shift after that. that okay, um, I can offer something. And, you know, it's just a matter of um, that's being, amazing yeah. for her to be able to ideas. say, don't apologize for just being here. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it is difficult to battle that, that inferiority that mm -hmm. you feel, um, as a woman and mm -hmm. as a person of color yeah. and it like is double. a struggle yeah double yeah. double struggle yeah. yeah yeah and but also i think being being in a minority and coming from you know like um being part of uh, a um, community that is considered a minority makes you like want things um makes you more passionate about yeah about um, telling your story telling, i guess because exactly. i feel the same way like being a woman a woman of color mm. um i feel such a push to be able to say look this is our experience exactly. and i guess that's what this podcast is yeah but um you are working on another thing yeah right um, now so we're workshopping a new musical called pearl da pearl and dagger and it's based on a japanese folktale mm -hmm. and um yeah it's currently on its workshop stage and um yeah and i'm playing the voice of the mother <laughs> the, <laughs> the voice of a, the mother a, a ghost mom ah. of this um japanese um young woman who's a pearl diver mm -hmm. and it's it's you know it's a myth and it's it's magical and it's a folktale and it's it's really interesting and the music is is um is an is a mixture of as a fusion of east and west mm. influences which is um it's cool really cool mm. yeah so still early stages you won't be able to tell us like where it might be showing or when yeah well still um workshopping. so there is a there is a showing um at the other palace um on the 29th of november mm. at 1 p.m you can check their website um the other palace and it's called pearl and dagger okay and yeah, and it's interesting to, you know, have another um, material or another story that Dark. talks about um, Asian stories. Yeah. Um, and put it in the mix of of um, the big pot of yeah. musical theater um, repertoire. So, exciting. We I definitely want to yeah. go see that if, yeah. when it does show. Um, but thank you for talking with us. That was yeah that's that also a uplifting quick, that was a quick hour of was, uh, yeah. much information yeah. yeah yeah it was really great it was very enlightening and um i'm glad to like know a lot more now i think than i did before about the, the theater industry so it's been mm. super interesting yeah because um, none of us none know of us anything, anything about theater. <laughs> like, we literally went yeah. to the first well i went to my first west end thing this month. you went to wicked right no, Hamilton. Oh, Hamilton. Oh, oh yeah, Hamilton. Hamilton. I haven't seen Hamilton. I really How want to it? see it. It was great. And the key was like, that's a terrible first one because it's so... It's going to set the bar so uh -huh. high for yeah. True, everyone. True. Yeah. Do you have any socials um, oh, yeah, that you want to promote? Do you like, want to plug anything? Plug anything. 
um well just follow my twitter and um instagram i think and facebook what are your Ma- handles so people know at melissa camba one s melissa camba yeah easy um, yeah i post a lot of stuff online music stuff as well so e <laughs> cool. cool yes right connor what are our socials um it's, it's like you're testing us every week because we don't remember our own handles. Uh, rice pod for Instagram. Yep. Rice <laughs> underscore pod for Twitter. Yeah. And rice rice for YouTube. Yes. Perfect. Okay. okay. And remember. Wait, I don't know it. <laughs> I don't remember. Wait, I don't remember. You do it. I remember. Get, get some, some rice, rice in, in your, your life. life. Yeah. <laughs> in your life. <laughs> all right. All right. Cool. Love it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, guys.